Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens Andersen and I work for Danfoss Cooling. We're rolling out another refrigerant week this year. That's week 38, or from the 16th to the 20th September, where you can sign up to a lot of different webinars and refrigerants and the transition to a lower GWP refrigerant, both about the practical work and also the more theoretical topics related to the coming transition period. This podcast is meant as an appetizer for you to join some of the webcasts about the transition that the refrigeration business around the world is facing these days. I'll talk about some of the practical considerations to make by the renewal of the refrigerant in existing systems, typically residential HVAC, smaller commercial systems, and maybe also standalone systems like merchandisers and that kind of thing. I will, however, not go into details and instructions on how to make a complete retrofit, but I'll share the considerations and the overall procedures that you will have to look into when retrofitting. As a result of the Montreal Protocol and later the Kigali amendment to the protocol, environmentally harmful refrigerants will be phased out over an agreed time horizon. So regardless of where you are located, the phase out will come to a place near you. Many of the existing systems will most likely be completely renewed, but there will still be requests for retrofitting, as it is called, when you charge a new refrigerant into an existing system. So what do you need to do in case you are asked to retrofit a system? Well, first of all, you need to know what you're doing. So if you think it's just another DIY job, think again. Then you need to consider if it's worth it if it would make sense to completely rebuild the system to a more modern and probably more efficient system. But that is of course also considerations that the owner will need to have. Another required thing you will need to do is to get familiar with the national requirements of the new refrigerants the regulations and legislations, etc. One of the things you could do is to sign up for the Danfoss Global Trends on Refrigerants and Regulations webinar, where you will get a thorough overview of what you should take into consideration. You will find the links below the podcasts. So, let's just assume that you actually will replace a 404A system with a new refrigerant. Let's just, as an example, say you'd go for a refrigerant like R448A, both being HFCs and non-flammable, just with a significant difference in global warming potential. Going from one HFC to another HFC does not need to be a major challenge once you have checked that the old and the new refrigerants have similar refrigerant and performance properties, and that's important, like the critical and boiling temperature, the enthalpy and safety class. 
and that you check the oil compatibility. Obviously, you shouldn't replace a low-pressure refrigerant with a high-pressure, but I guess that goes without saying. But if you are considering switching from an HCFC type refrigerant to an HFC type, or maybe you even consider an HFO type, there are a couple of additional parameters that you need to take into account. But first of all, for safety reasons, you simply do not charge a system with flammable or even mildly flammable refrigerant if it was constructed for use with a non-flammable charge. So the thought of going from an HFC to an HFO is no good idea. Okay, so there are a couple of points to consider. Number one, regulations. Know what you're allowed to do and under what conditions. You should probably also think a couple of years ahead, just so that you don't violate regulation that'll take effect in a few years. Number two, refrigerant properties. To make life easier for yourself, Start by checking that the new refrigerant has got the same or similar properties as the old one. It should have, or at least as close a match as possible. Number three, the compressor. Check if the compressor can run with the new refrigerant, or rather that it can run with the requirements that follows the shift. Best check with the manufacturer. Number four, oil. You should change oil, as some of the old refrigerants may be dissipated into the oil. It's also, it also indicates that you might want to change gaskets in parts of the equipment, at least as a precaution. Number five, the evaporator and condenser. Can they actually handle the new capacity? In case of a jump from 404A to 448A, the cooling capacity may actually increase by about 15%, a bit depending on the working temperature. But can the evaporator and condenser actually uh, work with that? Number six, the valves. Some of the oil types used with certain refrigerants will have an impact on the ceilings, the gaskets in the valves. So almost regardless of the age of the system, you, you should renew all gaskets and ceilings as the new chemical mix will almost certainly be different than the previous. Number seven, especially the expansion device will need attention. The sensor bulb has been charged according to the refrigerant that the valve is supposed to work with. So you will have to check if the existing TXV will work with a new refrigerant. If not, you should change the entire valve. Well, in some cases you might be able to reuse the valve, but you might need to change the orifice. If you can't change the orifice, you may need to change the entire TXV. Number eight, superheat. Certainly, you will under all circumstances have to check and most likely have to readjust the superheat setting, especially if you have changed either the orifice or the entire valve. Number nine, pipe work. What impact will the changed refrigerant properties have on the enthalpy? One thing is the changed capacity, but that may most likely also result in changed velocities positively or negatively, and also here the oil transport will need a thought or two. 
Number 10, the controller. Depending a bit on the type of control, it will have to be adjusted or have the settings changed. First of all, the type of refrigerant and possibly also some of the temperature settings. Again, especially the superheat setting, but that depends heavily on the make and type of control. Number 11, filter dryer. Well, that is always the case. Always remember to renew the filter dryer after opening a system. Always, regardless what you're doing. And in this case, also check the site glass conditions and compatibility with the new refrigerant. But apart from all that, retrofitting is a piece of cake. Just remember a few rules of thumb. Retrofitting with the same type, say HFC to HFC, is usually okay. Retrofitting to another type, say from HCFC to HFC, may not be so easy and will require some serious thoughts. And remember, you just don't charge flammable HFO, that is A2, A2L, or A3 type into a system which was constructed to A1. Speaking of flammable refrigerants, there are a few conditions or regulations that you will need to follow in case you decide to work with flammable HFOs, like the amount of charge and the room in which the standalone system will be placed. But maybe you should consider an indirect system where the primary system could sit outside the building, which would be a nice solution for small to medium-sized uh, commercial systems. Please also listen to uh, the interview with one of our Danfoss expert Norbert Blatz that I made earlier in the same on the same subject. He's giving away free advices on what to think of before you actually start retrofitting a running system. You can also find a complete step-by-step -step description of how to purge, drain or recharge the system at danfoss.com. So please refer to the link on your podcast site or you can find it by searching for Retrofit and High Glide Refrigerants on the Danfoss.com website. Or you could Google it. Thank you so much and hope to see you again some other time. Until then, stay cool.